Hello, Nathan Foster here, and welcome to the Renovare Podcast. Oh, I've got something very special for you. Uh, so each month I write an essay that's uh, posted on renovare.org, and then I interview someone related to the, the topic that I wrote about. But there's a, a, a change coming, and uh, as of today, this this Monday, um, I'm switching things around. Essays are going to go to uh, every other month instead of every month, but in replace of that, uh, I'll be releasing a podcast every Monday each week. And um, I'm getting to interview uh, a bunch of different people uh, from all over related to um, topics of spiritual formation. So very excited about that coming. Um, But today uh, I have a a wonderful guest, Jan Johnson. Jan is a uh, speaker, writer, um, and uh, did work with um, Dallas Willard in uh, Study Guide to the Divine Conspiracy and a book she wrote that I really like called Abundant Simplicity, Discovering the Unhurried Rhythms of Grace. And in this interview, she has uh, much to teach us in terms of uh, self-care and soul care. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Oh, I get to talk with Jan. How are you, Jan? I'm good, Nathan, and I'm so glad to be with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, you've you've done a lot of good work. Um, I'm, I'm looking at your book, Abundant Simplicity, and there's some really helpful, uh, very practical things about self-care. Uh, and, and I'm trying to make this distinction with selfish care, self-care, and soul care. It, could you say a little bit about uh, these practices? Well, I think self-care and soul care for me roll together because the things that I do tend to be very holistic. Mm-hmm. And, um, for example, when I go hiking, that's really my workout for the day. Yes. And and that's it's in that slot because of that, but it didn't take long before it became like one of my best practices of solitude and silence. And it becomes a place where God and I have had conversations where I have wept. <laughs> sure. And it's it's a place where I end up singing sometimes if no one's watching, <laughs> even dancing in the road if no one is watching. Um, um and things like that. So those things I think fit in your self-care, soul care idea. But selfish care, it seems to me, is part of what our culture is very addicted on, on becoming a better me. (laughs) And of course, becoming a better me is about being more successful and getting more people to like me and that kind of thing. Whereas soul care, and and even for me, self-care is about me following what Jesus is inviting me into today um, so that that will enrich our relationship. Mm-hmm. And the more our relationship is enriched, the more I will be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I will be transformed um, because I'm abiding in Christ. And this little branch is slowly going to be more a part of the vine and more like the um, absorbing the juices mm-hmm. and more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. How, how do you... Okay, um, and I'm with you in you know hiking, walking. Um, these are some of the richest spiritual practices for me, and they become 
experiences of prayer and worship. Um, yet it is possible to go on a walk and it be completely devoid of uh, some kind of well, is it? You know, these things get separated at all? Or is that even helpful to try and separate? Well, I think it can be. Do you mean to separate it out as selfish care? Yeah. Well, I think sometimes it can be if if we're um, only doing it. Let's say I'm, I'm going on this walk. It's part of my routine because I want to look better. Mm-hmm. And I want people to look up to me and admire me, mm-hmm. which is a lot of impression management is huge in our culture. Mm-hmm. And probably, and, and I live in California. In fact, the section on fitness in abundant simplicity, Yes, it, it was originally 10 paragraphs long. And my editor in Chicago informed me, the rest of the world doesn't care about this as much as you <laughs> And so, see, there, that, that tells you I'm in the middle of a culture where what we – how we look is huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm always dealing with that with the people around me. And I was going for simplicity of mm-hmm, fitness mm-hmm. instead of this, you know, over the top, I've got to be a babe mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And, and, and she just was kind of, well, you know, the rest of the world isn't like that. Okay. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to cut it to like two or three paragraphs. That was very difficult, but I'm sure much better. So I think it's possible to do these things to increase our impression management. Yes, yes. To increase what you think of me. Uh-huh. And um and because that's about success mm-hmm. and all of mm-hmm. that. And what you and I are interested in is we're interested in moving towards God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're interested in responding to how God is drawing us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, and if I can go back to that a little the um it, it is possible to move towards some of these activities as kind of greedily my time. Like I, I need to get my thing at the inclusion of, of, of others or in kind of I think I wrote in um, things that we feel entitled to. Um, oh, okay. Entitlement. Okay. Yeah. That I, you know, I'm entitled, like, let's just use the walk for example. So I could go walk as, you know, impress in management, make sure I, you know, look a certain way so people will like me or so I can receive love from others mm-hmm. because of this kind of shallow thing. Or I could also do it as a, you know, I need my time. I've worked hard. I dealt with the kids and, you know, this kind of greedy, um, make sure I get me time. Um, but then, then there's a whole nother way of doing the same activity. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think sometimes we – I'm thinking of – I was just um, visiting relatives, and there was a day where it was nonstop people. Yes. And my, my introvert was going, whoa. <laughs> Screaming um, introvert, yes. So I, I ended up taking a walk to the river, and <laughs> and it was about I, – I, I kept my focus on that I was relating to God, and I tried to stay away from, I can't do this anymore, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I really loved the people I was with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I wanted to relate to them well, but I knew I needed to be—I needed a little bit of space, and I would love them better. And that was actually part of my mm-hmm. goal. Mm-hmm. But I also just wanted to hang out with God for a while. Yep, yep. And just enjoy the beauty of the river because we don't have those in California. <laughs> sure, <laughs> in Southern California, water. So, right? <laughs> so it didn't. You might say in the beginning of my walk, I started out with, oh, this is about me and making me feel better. And, and, but I think 
where I went with it was I, I just I'm going to hang out with you, God. And I knew that the result mm -hmm. would be that I would feel better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I really did want to hang out with God. I said, is there anything I need to know? Anybody here that I need to maybe reach out to that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm missing mm -hmm. and just have a conversation with God. And so I kind of, you know what? I think I consciously moved over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, it is, I, I struggle really with categories of, of any kind because they bleed and they mix. Um, but it is sometimes helpful to, you know, kind of begin thinking of different. Um, well, the disciplines are one of those, isn't it? The categories are uh, largely artificial. One leads right into the other. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> I remember going, oh, wait a minute. I can't worship. I'm, I'm praying right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you know, get this one down. Can't, can't uh, um, do anything different. Um, what do you think then in terms of – I mean, we live in a culture that um, runs itself ragged. Um, and so there's, there's a big push in the secular world for self-care. Um, what, what do you have to – what do you think about that or what do you think is helpful for people um, with those paradigms? Well, I think for the the people that want to be disciples of Jesus, yes, the, the big question is always, what is God inviting me into today? Yes, and where where I guess one of my big questions that is part of practicing the presence of God is I take the great commandment and I sort of tweak it to say, what would it look like to love God for the next ten minutes? Mm -hmm. What would it look like to love the person in front of me? which at the moment is you, <laughs> what would it look like to love Nathan for the next 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. And how would that be? So I kind of just tool along that way. Mm -hmm. And I find that when I tell people that they're sort of relieved that, mm -hmm. that spirituality doesn't have to be as heavy duty as they thought it was. Yes. And yes. that not only that, but if I think about those things, instead of me, myself and I, and all the things I'm worried about and, you know, that kind of thing. And why mm -hmm. did that person say that to me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I can shift over to, okay, so what would it look like mm -hmm. to love God for the next 10 minutes? I find that my attitude changes a great deal. My friendship with God grows. And you know what? You're happier to be around me. <laughs> <laughs> I will love you better. Mm. Then maybe we're asking the wrong question. In terms of, you know, how can I take care of myself? Of what is God inviting me into? God's always way ahead of us and knows what we need. And I need to be listening to what, where it is we're going now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you hear from people as, as they move into these practices? Um, what, what types of reactions or responses do people have? Well, you know, that's interesting because the res the response that I get is what led me to write Abundant Simplicity. Because usually when I go to churches, I teach about how transformation occurs and I do Ignatian meditation and they have these wonderful interactions with Jesus and, and we do all of these cool practices. And then I come back maybe, you know, a year or two later and all these people have told me, oh yeah, we want to do all this. We're going to start groups. We're going to do this. And I asked, so how's it going? They're not doing it. Mm -hmm. They're not, they, you know, they kind of forgot about practicing the presence of God. And when I 
when I listen to them, I figure out it's because their life is too cluttered with so many other things. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me realize that simplicity of life was really important, that we weren't going to make more room for God in our lives until we got rid of some of the things that are eating away at our time. (laughs) So that's why I began thinking about simplicity of time, simplicity of speech, and especially simplicity of our possessions, Mm -hmm. what we own, Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Because we've got, we can't breathe in more until we've breathed out. (laughs) And the furniture in our head is already jam-packed. So we need to (laughs) offload a lot of that furniture in order for there to be space for me to actually take the time to interact with God in in a very relational way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So simplicity or living a cluttered life, whether that be schedules or possessions, then potentially gets in the way of people engaging in new things are invited into practice. Right. Is that, how right. Is it, how's the reaction been? I, I love the book, by the way. Can I say that? Um, I, I marked it up quite well, and it was convicting on a number of ways. It was very good, very, very helpful. Uh, what's the reaction been? Are you seeing people making, you know, kind of radical moves in, in simplifying their life? Well, I think, I think the first response sometimes is that they're scandalized. Scandalized. Because, right. Because th- that's a Dallas Willard word. Um, because what I'm asking them to do is to offload all the impression management. <laughs> for example, you get up for most people when they wake up in the morning, the first thing they think about is all the stuff I have to do today. Sure. Well, what is all that stuff about? A lot of it is about trying to make people happy, trying to live up to who people think I am. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of it, it's it's a lot about how do I look? Am I going to look good enough? Mm-hmm. And if if we don't have that first in our head, and that is a good time to make some space for God, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's just even just going over the Lord's Prayer before your feet hit the floor, mm-hmm. or or in my case, it's it's about doing Lexio mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. about um, the Ignatian meditation stuff. But it's interacting with Jesus, and so um, yeah, it means I get up a little earlier. Yeah, it means I do that. But I'm not. I just refuse to think about all those things that I have to do, but mm-hmm. I've offloaded a lot of, I, I really don't care that much what people think of me, <laughs> which I started doing that when I was a pastor's wife, which was really strange. Um, you know, people didn't know what to do with me. You're the oddest pastor's <laughs> wife I've ever met. And I thought, yeah, I bet I am. Um, uh, but to not sweat all that. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, if I don't get everything done today, mm-hmm. will that be a crisis? Because I used to live for that. I mean, mm. I you know, being able to check off everything that's on my to-do <laughs> list was like this huge adrenaline high. Mm-hmm. I, I always, I was arriving, you know, I was like so productive. I would say I was hooked on productivity. Uh, it's funny for me to hear it because... My to-do list more taught me of all you haven't gotten done. Uh, they rarely <laughs> provide a euphoria of uh, conquering. You're, for, is it for you that the the compulsion to be productive was underneath it was this uh, 
um, impression management or approval of others. Is that what you're saying? Well, and I think just proving myself to the world. You know, okay. when you're the when you're the youngest in the family, nobody expects much of you. Yeah, <laughs> and so and I, to, I agree. You know, as the youngest, my- <laughs> really, you know, so so I think I sort of got it in my head of I'll show you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I became highly productive. But you know what? I think I was ignoring people, mm-hmm. and now. Mm-hmm. It's. I look at the to-do list, and I. It's okay to get half of it done if I did it with great love, mm-hmm. like cleaning out the inbox of your email. I refuse to make that a goal of my life. My goal <laughs> is that I would answer the email with the time and the grace that is that that Jesus wants mm-hmm. infused mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. And and if I can't do that, sometimes I write a preliminary one, put it in drafts. In fact, if I'm really worried, I have to, my husband read it because he'll tell me, "Ooh, that was a little burn there." <laughs> I got to, you know, just make sure I, I want everything that goes out for my email to be a blessing. Uh, yes. And and being a blessing, being a way of loving others is more important than getting it done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and, life with God, right? These right. everyday ordinary things become opportunities to co-labor, to experience God, to lay our lives before him. Is that, does that sound right? Yes. I did a study on the healings once, and I was quite taken by how many of them were interruptions. Huh. Because the healings I, of Jesus. You, right. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. he, when he healed people... About half the time, he was just interrupted, and I thought about, you know what? I would have said later, um, and that mm. has that has slowed me down a great deal and helped me to pay attention to what's around me because I thought I'm missing out on a mm. lot of cool stuff mm. that God wants to do because I have this schedule, mm-hmm. and I've decided what's going to get done today. And you know, I just think of all the times Jesus didn't make it to Capernaum on time. <laughs> <laughs> Being interruptible as a as yes. a discipline. <laughs> yes, and that? seeing seeing that as an opportunity, and um, I just think that's really important. And I guess that goes along with the idea. Um, and this is something I learned from Dallas was that we invest in people. Mm-hmm. We don't invest mm-hmm. in stuff. We yeah. invest in people. Yeah, and those are our treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when you do that, you end up with the. You end up with people who know that, and so they call you <laughs> or they email you, can I call you? Mm. you know, and I try to say yes as much as possible mm-hmm. and work around it and know that, well, some things are going to drop off the bottom of that to-do list. How do you set the boundaries of when it's time to say no to people? Well, sometimes I have to delay or I'll say, you know what, I I could do this next week or I could do this um, actually, someone wants to come and stay with me soon. And, uh, you know, he's like, well, I guess I think I'm his mentor, I guess. Um, and, <laughs> and he wanted to come, but I realized it would be right after I got home from a speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, actually, I I did it for my sake, but also for his. He didn't want me then. <laughs> right, right. Doesn't want the depleted Jan. <laughs> the- right. And I knew that in the – I'm just not a saint, you know, I the makings of the ordinary saint, my dear. Um, <laughs> I knew that I would be thinking, how long is he going to stay? <laughs> you know, so I delayed that because I knew uh-huh. 
I knew that if I was going to love him well. Yes. Yes. You set a boundary to, that enables you right. to love him better. Yes. Right. And was he disappointed? Um, no, he just rescheduled. And yeah. I don't know if he was disappointed, but he he rescheduled. And, and um, so we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I realized, oh, man, that's not going to work. Just, you, you do it in, in, in time that you can. Right. You, uh-huh. you, you give what you have to give. Yeah. Yeah. The guideline for every spiritual discipline is always do it as you can, not as you can't. Mm, yes. Yes. It, and I see, I was always trying to do what I couldn't do, mm, you know, mm, mm, um, excel, go beyond my means, be wonderful. Well, you know what? We we both know that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you do that, you become very self-absorbed. Mm, 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 mm. So that didn't how work. did you learn to um, let go of impressing others? You are about, I got to preface this, Jan, you are about one of the freest people I know in terms of that. How'd you get there? Well, um, I, I really do think it had a lot to do with assisting Dallas Willard in his Fuller Seminary class. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't trying to impress anybody. In fact, okay, here, this is a real screen. One time he, he was talking and I was noticing how he went against everything I've ever been taught about speaking. Because I'm sitting next to him in the class, you know, because I'm assisting. And so I turned to him during the break and I go, so do you try hard not to be a good speaker? And he immediately said, yes. <laughs> and I mean, that, that's a weird question, isn't it? Right, right. And he, he knew exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> that's it's a gutsy like, question you asked, by the way. Well, I mean, I, think about know, it a little bit. Are you trying to, to, to suck at this? Like, are you? <laughs> are you trying to, like, be monotone sometimes? <laughs> you know, you're, I notice you're not telling any stories. Mm. You certainly aren't entertaining. Um, and, and he said yes, and it was very cool. He talked about making room for the spirit mm. to work. Mm-hmm. And he talked about getting out of the way and not making it about himself. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at that class and those students knew that he cared. Mm-hmm. And those students were soaking in what he was talking about in the kingdom. And it just, I think I learned a lot about letting the spirit do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that I could, I would go ahead and be myself, which tends to be kind of playful and goofy. Mm-hmm. But, but not for one minute to entertain or to win them over. Yeah, yeah. That was hard for me because I am kind of goofy that way and stuff. But I, I had to always know this is, in fact, when I, you know, you can tell, Nathan, you can tell when you're trying too hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I, I just put my hands behind my back and I back off a little and you know, I probably talk more softly. And yeah, go, okay. yeah. No, don't need to go there. This is about the spirit doing marvelous things, and I'm just tagging along behind. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. And in the back of my head, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I back mm-hmm. off a little. You know, don't make this about you, girl. This, this can <laughs> never be about you. Yeah. And I guess because I saw it work with him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought this might work. And and that gets to the big truth that all this stuff is more caught than taught. Mm. Yep, it is, isn't it? it? Which says something to you and I who are teachers, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it it, it, it it says for me, we teach by 
example. I mean, we teach by sharing what we our lives and what we have to give. Um, and by who we are when we show up. Yeah. And if I show up crabby, yeah. that's what I, that's what's going to get shared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which gets it, you know what, that gets at your self-care, soul care idea. Mm. That not overextending myself, knowing that if I do this back-to-back, the person they're going to get, <laughs> that they're going to catch things from. <laughs> they're a pretty crabby person. <laughs> catch the worst of, of, of it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it, I love this idea that we we model the life for people, in in whether it's in formal teaching or in ordinary life. We show up with what we have to give. And Yeah. And I think we can't even think about modeling, though. We have to just – we're just – I think of myself following behind – I think of being on a hiking trail. Okay. Jesus is in front of me, and I can't see around him. I have no idea where I'm going, but I'm just going to follow him. Yes, yes. And and he's going to pick me up when I get tired, and we'll stop and talk. But I'm just going to follow behind him, uh-huh. and um, and I'm quite confused sometimes about where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's okay. Yeah, this um, when I say modeling, I mean that could become in and of itself a form of insincerity or something that I'm trying to oh. manipulate by modeling. Uh, as opposed to, I love that just following Jesus and and let whatever that uh, comes out come out. And I think that happens all the time. You have to be a good example. I mean, they act like Jesus waltzed through the gospels, <laughs> just trying to be a good example because he knew Matthew was taking notes. I mean, can you right, see, right. What could be more antithetical to Jesus? He was the real deal. <laughs> You know, yeah, Matthew yeah. was making footnotes. Yeah. Well, we want to short circuit things a little, right? And get ahead to, we want to be a good example. So we try to be a good example rather than become people who can, in, in, without thinking about it naturally, be right. good examples. Uh, right. It's uh, organic. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And it's freeing. That's the thing that I love when you talk about being liberated from impression management and you're you're now free to impress people by just being who you are and it's not nearly as difficult as trying to be who you think others want you to be huh <laughs> or i may be very difficult for them they mm-hmm. weren't expecting this and especially mm-hmm. as a female mm-hmm. i know that sure um this isn't what they signed up for you know and how come this woman's up front and so then you know what i just kind of play the cards that jesus gives me and they usually get over it mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes they take a session or two <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's okay yeah i just give them space that's okay yep hey jan this is fantastic thank you for sitting down talking with me today very helpful Oh, it's very, it's always delightful to be with you, my dear. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you. We'll, we'll do this again sometime, can we? Okay, sure. Okay, awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.